0: Our prayer is that you are encouraged by the message you hear today and fall more in love with Jesus and others. Thanks for listening. I wanted to uh, just say, man, I'm so thankful uh, for Pastor Dan, who is going to be bringing the word to us. Uh, this morning. And I'm so thankful for you, brother, and um, can't wait. Uh, And we are praying for you as you get ready in this next week uh, to officially join your family in the Northwest to plant a church. And uh, God willing, our next Go team Um, we can't wait to go join you in Spokane, Washington, uh, to continue planting churches and making disciples there. So I am so proud of you. You guys are going to be blessed by hearing from Pastor Dan. And, uh, and I know that, um, he is going to do a great job today and the Holy Spirit, uh, will do a mighty work through him. So love you guys. And, uh, let's keep living the dream together and we'll see you next week.
1: Hey. Almost got it. All right. (laughs) All right, let me go ahead uh, on that note, uh, pray for us. Uh, will you join me in prayer? Uh, God, thank you, God, for uh, just uh, your, your faithfulness, Lord. Uh, you give us um, purpose in our lives, God, and you uh, give us uh, avenues to be able to go out and to uh, put that uh, purpose, uh, just put it into practice, Lord. Thank you, God, that you've uh, blessed us with a, a team of uh, our missionaries uh, who are, are willing to uh, take this time out of their lives to go uh, over across the country uh, to uh, help a church plan out there and to just uh, do their part to see uh, your, uh, your, uh, your gospel uh, preached and reached and uh, to for lives to be saved and changed, God. I uh, thank you, Lord, for um, God just bringing them there safely uh, Lord, and we just pray that you will uh, watch over them. God, uh, I pray you'll protect the team uh, from uh, any attacks of the of the enemy. And also, Lord, that you will uh, just put the right people uh, in front of them that, that you want uh, to, to hear from them, to hear your word. And I just pray, Father, for uh, just great conversation and interaction to happen, Lord. Uh, and Lord, for... Uh, uh, Lord, for the team and for anyone that they meet uh, out in Medford, uh, in Oregon, uh, Lord, for their for their lives to be changed, Lord, Lord and that uh, they will hear very clearly from you uh, while they're there. Thank you for um, uh, just the opportunity to serve in this way, and we pray that, uh, Lord, you will uh, change our heart, our church's heart, uh, your your church's heart, uh, as uh, as this is going on. We thank you. We pray these in your Son Jesus' name. Amen. All
0: right. Thanks, Appreciate it.
2: Good morning, everyone. Yeah, I'm one of those guys who likes interaction. You'll be forced to interact in a little bit, but it's all right. My name's Dan, like Brandon said, and it's a privilege to be with you guys. I love what God is doing through you guys. I, I don't know if you know this, but it, there's such an excitement of what God is doing in and through you. You're less than a year old, and you're already, like Brandon said, living the dream of how do we really live who Jesus has called us to be? How do we do relationships better because of that? How do we live sent? How do we make a difference in the spheres of influence that God has for us? And you're already starting to just say, God, we need you to show up and we want you to show out of our lives. And so I'm proud of you guys for taking steps of faith, for trusting in a big God to do what only he can do. That's what Jesus said. He will build his church. He wasn't saying the numbers are huge. He's saying the impact is huge and you are impact, Fredericksburg. And so thank you for stepping up to what God has for you. And dude, I love your pastor. Brandon is such a good friend. I love his humor. I love his heart to train people to just make a difference with his life and to see other people experience that joy in Jesus, that mission that God has for us. And so that's why we're in this series called You Belong. What does it mean to be a member of the church? What does God call us to as members of a church? Have you ever asked that before? What does that mean? What does that look like? Is it just because I'm sitting in a chair and I've been here a while? What does God have for us to be this body, members, togetherness called the church, that we're called out with purpose and with passion? And so today, I want to wrestle with how should that belonging, the you belong idea of this series, how should that belonging impact my relationships? Paul explained it this way in 1 Thessalonians. We loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our own lives as well. So what do you see? What are the two things Paul said he shared? Again, that's that interaction time. Scary. God's good news. What are the two things he said he shared? God's good news and their lives. But here's the deal. What if it's not two things? but the same thing. What if it wasn't simply, we shared with you the good news, and then we shared with you our lives. What if those are actually the very same thing, that what, as we share our life, what Jesus is doing in us naturally comes out. The gospel is an overflow to how we live. And because how Jesus is transforming us from the inside out and changing our lives, we then do relationships differently. We do life more invested with greater impact. And that's our big idea today. If you like to take notes, it's simply this. What you are passionate about is what you will purpose your life after. What you and I are passionate about is what we will purpose our life after. Have you found that to be true? What you care about, what you pursue, what gets your heart going, that's how we tend to purpose our life after, what we go after. And so I want you to see how this is all connected in relationships, that purpose and that passion and how that changes our relationships as we belong. I want you to see this, and I want you to look for yourself in the story that we're going to be in. It's Mark chapter 2. You can grab your Bibles, open apps, but I want you to see yourself in this story. I want you to try and identify where you're at and what God would say to you. It might be a familiar story, it might be an unfamiliar story, but we're going to be in Mark chapter 2, picking up with these words. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that Jesus was back home. This is his home region, he's in a house, he's teaching, and it is packed. Soon, the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. And so while he was preaching God's word to them, and I don't want you to miss that. I think that's really key, what Jesus was doing in this time and what happened and what people were pursuing and craving. I mean, I think this is a great picture, isn't it? People coming to Jesus, (laughs) excited to hear him. Don't we love that? God, maybe you have some words that change our lives. I think the crowd can show us that something is happening, that people have the opportunity to explore and discover more. Have you ever been in a crowd? What are some of those crowds that you guys have been in? Like maybe a stadium? Fred Nats, Washington whatever they're going to be called this year commander football team thingy, right? Maybe as a kid, you couldn't wait for recess because you were in line and there was a crowd and you saw the playground. There's something about a crowd that can kind of go, "Whoa." What's happening here? What's going on? I kind of want to find out more. King's Dominion, a new movie, whatever it is, the crowd can be great. A ton of fun. You know, we tend to take this selfie you post on social media. Look what I was a part of today. So awesome. But if we're not careful, the crowd can create an issue. Check it out, verse three. Four men arrive carrying a paralyzed man on a mat, and they, what? They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. And so hear me, there's a very real danger of getting stuck in the crowd. There's a huge danger of that on the 95, but there's also a danger of that, just getting stuck in the crowd. Not sure what to do. I mean, everyone's there. Everyone's kind of doing the same thing, and you're like, well, is this it? Is this good enough? Just attending the next cool thing? Maybe just going through the motions. You get in line, you shuffle along, and boy, I hope it's good today to do something instead of become someone. That's the danger of the crowd. You end up just doing something instead of becoming someone, the dream and the goal God has for your life. And so don't miss this. The crowd enjoys a moment, but they may not be a part of the movement. You see the difference? When you're in a crowd, there's a level of excitement. You enjoy that moment. Hey, they just scored. Hey, they just. the concert was incredible. You enjoy the moment, but there's no guarantee that you're a part of the movement, the purpose, the, what is creating that passion. I mean, as you know, fans cheer, paint their face. They buy the concessions. They want a win. But at the end of the day, what happens? They go back to whatever would be normal life to them. Not a lot has changed. I mean, sure, there was an emotional high. They got to experience something cool. But was there real belonging? Life changing. I hope you understand God's not the owner of the team called church, hoping that you buy tickets, sit on your butt, and cheer. For a good time on Sunday, call 1-800-CHURCH. I think there's also another crowd we got to pay attention to in this story. I think there's another crowd Jesus would draw our attention to and ask us to evaluate our life. Verse five, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My childish sins are forgiven. That's a sneak peek of what's going to happen to this guy who's been dropped through a roof. But check out what he says about the teachers and of religious law who were sitting there. They thought to themselves, What is Jesus saying? I mean, how can he do this? This is blasphemy. This isn't right. This doesn't fit into our matrix of understanding life. And so, as Jesus is sitting, as Jesus is teaching, they're just sitting in the front row. They're looking for free Wi Fi. They're ready to blog this thing and tweet this thing and give their opinion to the world. See, for this group, for this crowd, there's a subtle shift from being a fan of the game to a fan of the rules. From a fan of the game to a fan of the rules. And I think if we were in that crowd, they might even believe that they're in the game, right? Whistle in hands, striped shirt on, their fandom is channeled into keeping the rules, into trying harder, accomplishing more than others. And can I tell you, that was me. I didn't grow up in church, but when I trusted Jesus, I kind of added a whole lot of religion to it. I kind of added a whole lot of rules. I kind of added a whole lot of what I thought I had to do to keep God's favor. And I became very critical. Focusing on faults, perfecting a performance, know more, do more than others. Have you ever experienced this? That kind of subtle pride that develops where I'm better than you. I know more, I do more, I serve more, I give more. We kind of put each other in this pecking order. There's a fire hydrant in the corner, if you know what I'm saying. And we just kind of become these mean people instead of these on-mission people. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? See, Jesus goes after the heart, what they're passionate about, because that's what they will purpose their life after. The Pharisees prided themselves in being separate. That's literally what the name meant. We're better, we're separate, we've got it figured out, and we don't give a flying rip if anyone else gets it. That's what they've purposed their life after. They said, change, and then you can join us. Figure it out, jump to the hoops, prove yourself, and then you can join us. And I'm so sad to say, but I don't think it's an overstatement, that the world in 2022 sees the church more often for what we are against than who we're for. I think it's your friends that you're trying to reach, your coworkers, your neighbors. If they hear the word church, what's conjured up is who the church, who religion, who we're against. And, and I know it's fed by the media, and I know that's not your heart, but what if we change the story? What if we change the narrative instead of what we're against, it's who we're for? Because that's what Jesus modeled on this planet when he walked and talked and touched and loved who he was for to lead them to life that they didn't have. And so again, what you are passionate about is what you will purpose your life after. Seeing more of the story, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat And they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. And so, they dug a hole through the roof above his head. And then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. They met their friend where he was at. I think this is so key for us as followers of Jesus. They met their friend right where he was at. They're not expecting this paralyzed guy to figure it all out, to get up and come to where they're at. They didn't say to their paralyzed buddy, hey, if you can get a mat and you can walk or crawl or come to the house, then we're going to introduce you to Jesus. They went right to him. He's totally paralyzed. And so his friends, they get a cot, they carry him to the house to get connected to Jesus. That's what discipleship is, my friends. And often, there's an obstacle, right? Right? Something happens, something to go right. You're not sure you had the right words to say. And for them, it's too crowded. They can't get in. I mean, can you imagine just the disappointment in that moment that they might have felt? They have planned for this moment. They heard Jesus is back in town. They got this cot. They got this mat. They carry him to the house, and they look, and they see there's a crowd. How do we get in? What do we do? How do we help him see and meet and be touched by Jesus? The house is packed. It seems like their effort was in vain, but they're so determined to get their buddy to Jesus that they go up to the roof. They start to dismantle it. I mean, can you picture this? Picture it in your mind, this crowd, it's busy, it's crazy, and you're inside the house, Jesus is teaching, and all of a sudden, you just kind of hear this scraping on the roof. And a little pounding, some dust comes down. I mean, I can totally see Jesus looking up, brushing off the debris from his beard, more stuff's fallen from the ceiling, and the next thing you know, there's literally a bunch of guys peering down from above, lowering their friend, lowering a man through a hole in the roof they just created. Here's the deal. That took a choice. Right? That took a choice to be involved, to know one another and be vulnerable, to be real, to do life better together, to risk this real relationships and real community, to bear one another's burdens and bring them closer to Jesus. It's the impact if we really want to belong, what God calls us to be as members, you've got to fight To invite others into your life. To be really involved. I don't mean church schedule. I mean the real you. I don't mean, hey, you know what, it's church today and group tomorrow and whatever it is when it's church schedule, that's when you're involved. I mean, that's your heartbeat because you recognize relationships the way God has called you and wired you to be, to be involved. That you do life with people who know you, deeply care for you, and carry the burden with you as, not when, but as life gets crazy. See, I believe Jesus has a dream for you and me, for this church, and it's in relationships. It's in that incredible belonging that God has called us to, that whatever the difficulties you are facing, it might be parenting, it might be addictions, you're like one decision away from a divorce. The finances are crushing you. You don't know how to love each other anymore. So we want to help connect you to other people who are going through life with you. To love like no other, because we've been loved like no other. That's what we just sang about, where Jesus is changing our lives. And so like Paul said, we loved you so much that the gospel poured out of who we are. That's the distinction. The gospel isn't just something we tack on with everything else. It's who we are. We're new in Jesus. We live differently. So that's why the gospel pours out of us. It isn't a starting point. It is our life point. And that's why we do relationships, community, and care better together. So who is that for you? Who have you really invited to know you and to do life at an authentic level? And I know, I know right now you're just thinking, that that just feels impossible. You know how busy I am, you know how scheduled I am, you know what's going on, you know how I was burned at another church, how how could I, why would I? I mean, don't you think it's true that we're a culture craving relationships? that We want what God said He wants for us. We want to have real, vital, vulnerable relationships. But we're just in this midst of a crowded existence where it's almost easier to live lonely lives. It's almost easier to just run the schedule, do the tasks, feed the kids, pull the car into the garage, close the door. We're so tired and exhausted, turn on the TV, make a meal, make sure they got homework done and Rinse and repeat. I mean, often life feels like it's just kind of running on a hamster wheel. Lots of motion with very little meaning. This fast-paced culture that seems to put more value on activities and performance than relationships. So here's my challenge. That I want you to wrestle with God, take it to God, and invite God to speak to you about See, I believe busy is the enemy of intimacy. Busy is the enemy of intimacy. We can't do relationships, the one another's. The gospel changed lives together when we're so stinking busy. It will keep us from being intimate, knowing, caring, helping. So if you believe God has made you for belonging, then you have to choose to not be so busy. If you want the type of relationship Jesus wants in your life, you will have to slow down. You will have to decide what you need to say no to so you can say yes to what God has for you. To get deeply connected and to do life together biblically. I mean, that's exactly the dream for us and what we're doing in Idaho, for the church plant that we've been talking about, to do life better together, to help people find and follow Jesus in real life, honest, vulnerable life, responding to God, renewing community to reach one more. And so would you just pray for us? Would you consider partnering with us, helping us start this great work? of reaching almost a million people where like less than 10% would believe that God spoke a book and that God is real and would change their lives. That's what's so exciting to us is to do relationships one person at a time where God is in the midst and changing lives. And so if you want to be a part of that, there's some information over at the giving station. I just invite you to wrestle in prayer for us. Ask us questions. Follow our journey, whether it's on Facebook or when everything gets set up. So that each of us can make an even greater impact. So again, see it. See the story. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. And so they got creative. They got crazy. They risked so much and dug a hole through the roof above his head. And they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. That's our job. That's our goal. That's our passion. I want to introduce you as many as we can to Jesus. And seeing their faith, Jesus said, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. I just love Jesus' response. Someone busted through the roof, guys. This isn't a fiction. This is a real thing that happened. This is somebody's house. Somebody's going, holy cow, how am I going to pay for that? They just busted through the roof. They're not the hired remodelers. It wasn't like, hey, Jesus, I'm sorry, the remodelers came. It's my fault. They ripped up the roof. And when you look at Jesus' response, it's not a big deal. Because the big deal is the guy's life. And so here's the question, my friends. What are you and what am I willing to do to bring our friends to Jesus? Are we willing to risk some embarrassment, some ridicule, some crazy, chaotic decisions to love? Would we go get a cot and meet them where they're at, climb up a roof and dismantle it, and then lower them down? I mean, that takes guts. That takes commitment. And really what it takes is love. They understood what Jesus meant by being fishers of men, that maturity moves on mission. So impact, I believe, the great days ahead for you is because you are a family on mission. A family, that belonging, that togetherness, on mission for more to experience what God's doing in your lives. That we can do an incredible life at an incredible level of inviting others in, investing our life, because what we have with God, this is literally what a disciple is, what we have with God, we want for others, and we're willing to do whatever it takes. See, I think most of us underestimate how much God actually wants to do in our lives, have you thought about that? I mean, I know we, we, we read the stories and we're like, oh man, that was so cool, that was so supernatural, that was incredible. God, you did such a great thing. But do you not think God, who is the same yesterday and today, wants to do the same thing through you? That God wants to work incredibly through your life. I think that's, we just, we don't believe Him for that. I think we just underestimate how much God actually wants to do through your life. And I would probably bet that's because we're too busy to hear from Him today, to be moved by Him today. See, I don't know of any story in the Bible where God said, you just had too much faith, right? I don't know of a single story in the Bible where God said, Dude, man, that was, you just had way too much faith. I couldn't do that. I couldn't come through. I couldn't answer that prayer. I couldn't provide for that need. You just had too much faith. You made too much of me and what I can do. But there are plenty of stories where faith, fear does, where fear keeps us from experiencing what God wants to do. So are we willing to risk, embrace a risky and responsive faith, believing that God will show up, and deserves the glory. Wrapping up, last thought for you. See, I believe if you're not a part of a fire being formed in someone else, your fire will fade. If you're not a part of a fire being formed in someone else, your fire will fade. If you're not a part of sharing what God's doing in your life, you're not a part of helping to populate heaven and break down the gates of hell, if you're not a part of risky adventure where God has to show up in the midst of it, if you're not a part of a fire being formed in someone else, you guys know how addictive it is when someone says, that's who God is, that's what church is, I'm loved by Jesus, have you, have you experienced that, where you get to be a part used by God for him to just move in their lives, that's a fire, That is addictive. That is incredible. And that's what God wants in your life. To be used by Him. For His purpose. Our good and His glory. So if you are not a part of a fire being formed in someone else, your fire will fade. Last verse. And the man, the one who was healed, jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. The crowd missed what could be. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. Do you want to be a part of stories like this? Of real belonging and real lives changing? To trade in that chaotic lifestyle for some connected relationships? And that's the story I want to be a part of. And I believe why you are here at Impact, to show off Jesus to the world, one person at a time. And so maybe this week, it's time to welcome that new neighbor. Or to just love on that baby. Give that mom a break. Give that dad a break. To go to a school and say, hey, I'm here. My answer is yes. Yes you tell me how I can help. Or mow a lawn. Or write out a card. Remember, busy is the enemy of intimacy. If we don't really believe that God wants to work through our relationships and just keep going at the pace, that's going to kill you. Or love. Because Jesus met you right where you're at. And loved you. And moved you on mission. Be with those who are hurting Alone, uncertain. Go visit a prisoner. Invite a coworker out for drinks or a movie. Join a serve team. Give to the mission of life change. Because the question is, and the invitation is, you belong. Can we stand? I want to pray this passage over you. Go ahead and stand up and close your eyes and just let God speak through Hebrews to you right now. Worship team, you're welcome to come on up. Maybe you just want to hold open your hands so that you're in a posture of receptivity of what God would speak to you, of what he has for you, that you've missed out on that deeper belonging, the vulnerable relationships, or maybe you've missed out on bringing someone else with you. I don't mean to church, I mean into your life, into what God's doing, that fire to be formed in them. Hebrews 10 says this, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep His promise. And so let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good work. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it will bring you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that He has promised. God, you have called us. That's literally what Christian means. Called us into something so unique that you and you have called us to be connected to a place of belonging like no other because we've been loved like no other. You tell us to tell the world to test us by our love, by the difference we make and how we handle the difficulties in our lives, to run after those who are hurting to lead them to you because we found the answer in you, the love and belonging in you. So move in our hearts. As you take time to celebrate communion, it's not just simply a snack, a cracker, juice. It is a symbol. It is remembrance of the price He paid for you and the commission He has given us to tell others about Him. As we sing, as we worship, we're just pouring out our heart and our lives to God to say thanks to be in reverence, to stir afresh and remember who he is and what he's done, because we do live at a crazy pace. As you give of your tithes and your offerings, it's really what it is. God, you've done so much. You've given so much. I simply want more people to experience the same. I simply want to show my trust in you and say thank you.
0: Hi, Pastor Brandon here. Thanks again for listening to our Impact Church sermon podcast. If God has spoken to you today or you have a prayer request you'd like to share, please email us at hello at impactfxbg.church. If you're local to the Fredericksburg area, we would love to see you for worship in person. But if not, please let us know if we can help you find a gospel-centered church right where you're at. Feel free to connect with us on Facebook or Instagram and on our website, www.impactfxbg.church. Until next time, keep living the dream.